0: All right. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Odyssey, where we talk to entrepreneurs about their journeys and what makes them an entrepreneur. We find out about their business. And today I'm here with Jamie Bond. Welcome, Jamie. How are you today? Great. Thank you. Good. I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. And I say us, I guess it's just me, but I'm talking about our listeners. So glad to have you.
1: Perfect. I'm so excited to be here as well.
0: Tell me a little about what business you're in right now, and then we'll talk about like, how you got there and some of your past that led you to this.
1: Okay, perfect. Yeah. I am the owner of Prime IV Hydration and Wellness in Sandy, Utah, and we provide IV hydration and nutrient therapy in a spa-like environment. I believe everyone, everyone deserves to feel good. And the reason IV therapy is becoming so popular is because it's very effective. When you get your nutrients through an IV versus supplements or food, you absorb 100% of the nutrients. And so people are seeing massive results. Their energy levels are coming up. Their athletic performance is better. Because obviously, anytime we give the body what it needs, it can do its job. And a lot of things that we experience when we don't feel good is simply because we're not giving our bodies what it needs. Yeah, so I love what I do. I love helping people feel better. We we really focus on that, just helping people feel, look, and perform better so that they can have the life that they want.
0: We have the hydration side of things, but then there's also the nutrients. What are some of the different types of nutrients that you might use in an IV?
1: Okay, some of them people have heard of. I'm learning that a, a lot of people haven't heard, and I've also learned a ton being in this business. So one that people have usually heard of is vitamin D. A lot of people have heard of that. We don't put that in an IV, but that one we do as an injection. B12 is another one that people have heard of before. That one helps with energy levels. There's things like zinc that people don't know. Also taurine. Some people have heard of taurine because it is a natural nutrient, but it's in energy drinks. They put that, they throw down in and they're probably the only natural thing in there. So that's something that we give in the IVs as well. And we have our proprietary blends of nutrients that we put together that help focus on different needs. Like if you want an immune boost when you're starting to feel a cold coming on or whatever. Or if you have a cold, then we have the combo zinc and a lot of the B vitamins that we put in there to help boost your immune system. So if it's energy, then we have some nutrients that focus on raising your energy levels. We have a skinny drip that helps with weight loss. So it just depends. But those are some examples of nutrients that people have heard of. And then as they come to us, they learn a lot about just on the journey, right? Of different things and what they help with and how those can, can benefit them.
0: So, how did you come up with a business idea, first of all? And then what did it take to get that going?
1: So the business I own is a franchise. And the way I first came into contact with the franchise was very early on. The franchise itself is super new. It's only been around about three and a half years. The first one opened three and a half years ago. The way I got involved is because I had a separate business that that was inspired by this franchise, helping business owners open. So when a franchise is new, and even when it's not new, there's a lot of things that business owners have to do to open their stores, their business, their location that really don't help them in any way. It's just a lot of work that has to get done. And so I had a business where I did that for business owners. I would do everything for Prime IV owners from helping them hire their employees and screening their employees to buying all of the furniture to helping them throughout the build out process, getting everything that they need in place from like light fixtures to paper clips, right? Literally everything that had to be done to open, setting up their pharmaceutical contracts and helping them with their grand opening. So they can literally walk in on grand opening day and open their business and everything has already been done for them. So I started out doing that and I helped a few locations get open and that was my business. But along the way, I didn't have as much resources as these other business owners that were opening their locations. So along the way, I just told everyone and anyone that I was going to open my own Prime Ivy location at some point. And and then really way sooner than I thought, I got that opportunity.
0: And did you have to fund this yourself or did you have investors that helped you get into it?
1: Yeah, so that was a good question. I was going to try to get a loan, and I actually started looking for locations before I knew the answer to that question. Hmm. Um, so I was looking at different locations for my business in Sandy, and uh, and the real estate agents would always be like, "So your financials?" and I literally had no idea how it's going to make that work. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on that." And so I was working on it, and really, I thought I would have no problem getting an SBA loan. But unfortunately, due to COVID, they had a hold on all the SBA loans. And so I was having to figure out this whole story in and of itself, how I was able to secure financing. But I ended up getting a, an investor that has backed me with an investment. My initial investment came from an investor.
2: So I think
0: it's... Uh really neat when you think about as an entrepreneur, how many entrepreneurs have to have that dream and that vision. And they know that this is what I'm going to do. And maybe they don't even know how they're going to do it, but they just know this is going to happen. I'm going to, I don't know, will it into place or whatever you want to call that. There's so many times where I talk to different business owners who have said the same kind of thing, like, I didn't know I was going to do it. I just, I wasn't, I wanted to do it. And I don't know things just come into your life to help you make it happen. Of course, also, you have to do a lot of work to go out and find the investor and talk to other people and get out there. One of the things we've talked about in other podcasts is how important it is to get a network of people in your life who can help you with these kinds of things. They're just so important to build a network of good people. Have you found that useful in your life and in your business?
1: Absolutely. I've heard that for many years, actually, and I've always felt like I didn't have like access to that. And I think many entrepreneurs are like me, and in their beginning stages, they're like, oh, yeah, I hear this over and over again, and I don't have access to those people. And one powerful thing that I learned early on is you don't have to. So my initial mentors were books. Books were my mentor. And I think that you have to start with whatever you have access to. And since I didn't have access to people that were business owners necessarily, I do have some family members that have been a huge influence and have provided me a ton of mentorship in the business world that I'm super grateful that I happen to have those people close to me. Also, I would say books. And so the authors of the books were my mentors and helped me find So I have a thing that I believe in really strongly. I don't believe that answers are found. I think we grow up thinking that. I just have to find it. I got to look to find it. And I believe the answers are discovered. And the only way to discover them, I love that discover is a verb. Because I think sometimes we sit waiting to find the answer. And we don't find it. We discover it. Explorers didn't discover stuff by reading they had to go out and find it maybe they started with that so that's what with with the books they mentored me and gave me a direction to start with and then i had to make those discoveries it's that's how the answers come it's just a principle that i feel like has been key because i think initially i felt like i lacked knowledge and like you said some people have access to a lot of people that will pass on that knowledge and I did have some of those people that passed on knowledge. I still needed more knowledge, and I needed it for myself. And so I, I couldn't necessarily transfer their knowledge to my brain and have it click. I had to apply it, if that makes sense. And so I just think we underestimate how much answers come in the discovery.
0: Well, that's a great philosophy. And I've heard that before about discovering the answers. And... Tell me a little bit about what did it take to go from not owning this business to owning this business? Do you have employees now as well? Mm -hmm. What was it? What was that journey like? How hard, how difficult, how much work was it? Or was it pretty easy for you? Pretty fluid? Tell me a little bit about that process. I would love to
1: meet someone who's a business owner who has said it was so easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's a negative thing, by the way. I think that hard things are what really help you develop yourself. And I actually believe that's nature's way of teaching you to become what you need to become to be successful. And usually that's a lot of things in the journey on the way. But yeah, no, it's been extremely difficult. I would say it's been the most challenging year and a few months of my life. I way underestimated the level of difficulty and how much of myself that it would require in every way. It's definitely been a very challenging journey. And that I feel like sometimes opportunities come in the worst time. And in my personal life, I've also had one of the most difficult personal journeys kind of at the same time. And that's been, it's been a blessing in a lot of ways. And it's also made it even more challenging to do what I'm doing. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I, um, I Yeah, like you said, I don't know if there are any uh, entrepreneurs or business people out there that can say, oh, I just jumped in this and it was so easy. Yeah. So what were some of the obstacles that got in your way that you had to learn to overcome? Oh boy.
1: I think it pretty much had... All the obstacles that you can think of. I didn't have a lot of time. I didn't have money. I didn't have resources. So, yeah, all the obstacles. I believe, like I just said, though, that those are an important part of it is the obstacles to get you to become what you have to become. And so, I would say I can point to a few of those. Like I said, we could probably talk all day about the different obstacles that you face in the journey, but. One of them was money. And like I said, that came after I initiated the process and started moving forward. Also, just I just didn't grow up with very much. And so I think, I think that one powerful lesson that I've learned as an entrepreneur is that has actually been a huge advantage to me. And we're like the messaging growing up in a like it in a poor kind of, I don't know, people called me poor. I didn't realize I was poor at the time growing up, but we really were. We really didn't have very much. And so the message you're given when that's your situation is that it's a little bit powerless. I don't think that's the intention, but people are saying like, oh, you're disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. They're using words like that, you're in a disadvantaged population things like that. And I just remember coming to the realization, I I did believe that for a little while, unfortunately. And I really, every opportunity I get to talk about this, I talk about it because it bothers me. That's the message we pass on to people that were in my same, that are in my same population. Because I feel like all the things I went through younger and in my childhood that most people, probably 99.9% would consider a disadvantage are actually a massive advantage over everybody else. And that's because when you're young and you get discouraged and you get disappointed at time after time, you develop a way to to cope with that. And you develop a, a system, almost a conditioning within yourself to know you just kick into auto gear when those discouragements come because you've been conditioned already from childhood how to cope with that. And so I am like looking at some of my friends that grew up in the upper middle class or the middle class, right? And they had, they don't know what to do when things like that come to them. They've had so much support and so many resources available to them that they haven't had those hard blows until adulthood. And so when I'm standing next to them and I'm watching them struggle, of course, I'm trying to provide as much support as I can as a friend. And I'm also saying to myself, wait a minute here, who in this situation is more disadvantaged? Me, who have learned and developed a conditioning on how to deal with this, or this person who's curled up in a ball in the fetal position right now and thinks that they can't move forward in their life. Who? I would say I'm the more advantaged person. And so I realized that along my journey, that actually those things have been my greatest greatest assets. Not having a lot of money growing up taught me, you can still do a lot with very little. And it also taught me how to use what I do have and focus on what I do have instead of massively focusing on what I don't. So when I started on my journey to try to get my location, I didn't have a massive amount of money that it was going to take to open it. Instead of focusing on that, I was focusing on what I could bring to the table. And so that's what helped attract investors to me was their belief in me and my abilities, right? That I developed as a disadvantaged youth, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I feel is uber important and has helped me also as a business owner, that whenever something comes up that appears like I'm at a disadvantage, that I really try to see it as really, because some things like that have happened to me already. That everyone else was like, ooh, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. And I'm like, this is great that this has happened to me because I learned this. Or my business was able to pivot in this direction and make me more successful than I would have been had I not had that disadvantage.
0: So if you're going to break it down and say these are the elements or these are the characteristics of someone who grew up in a less advantaged society, what do you think those characteristics are that have made you who you are today?
1: Oh, you learn when you grow up that way. If you want something, you have to go after it until. Like you don't stop because your mom didn't give you $20 or you don't stop because you got let, you got let go from a job. or you don't stop because you just you learn to do it, to focus on that. Until you get it, and so I feel like that's one of my advantages I have. I do have some legitimate things that I need to develop in myself that I didn't get, that maybe some of those other people have. What I think that is important for them and for me is at some point every single person has to have enough determination to see it through.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: I was really fascinated recently by watching a video of this track runner and maybe you've seen it it's on youtube Mm -hmm. and the person like there's bunches of videos like this actually is coming to mind right now as i'm talking to him thinking of them like where the person the race starts and in the race someone trips and falls and they're literally laying in a pile of themselves on the track Mm -hmm. and kind of the focus is away from the winners now and on this person and then very quickly especially if it's track and one of the short events the person wins. The winner crosses the the finish line and people are clapping for the winner. And everyone's shifted immediately back to the person who's laying on the ground. And they're like, what are they going to do? And then it is so interesting to me how when that person rises up, the entire stadium just explodes Mm -hmm. and there's more applause and more emotion around the person that fell and is not going to win the race, but got up than there is for the winner. And I've been thinking about that in my life recently, because I do feel like that person right now, like a lot of the time that's laying on the ground on the track, right? And the thing is, I think we're drawn to that and we connect with that because we're, that's the human spirit.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what
1: we need. We, we're we're drawn to that because we admire more the person who gets up and finishes than the person who, than the person who wins. The people that remember that race don't even talk about the winner anymore. They're talking about the person who fell and laid there and we're sitting there and the whole audience is watching as they're contemplating, like, am I going to get back up or am I just going to lay here while everyone leaves? And they get back up, and like I said, and everyone wants to support that person. Everyone wants to cheer that person on because that is literally every single one of us in our lives. All of us get knocked on our behind, all of us. And so I think we relate to that, and that is the most important thing that I've been thinking about lately, like I said, because I feel like I'm that person right now in many ways. And I would say that's the trait that has led me to success. Because if you never get up, there's zero chance of finishing. If you get up, you're at least on your way. And and, it's, and it does something to you emotionally. That's why the whole crowd stands up. Because now, remember I talked to you about my conditioning? Mm-hmm. I'm conditioned to allow myself to lay there for a minute. And then it's so off. It's like something inside me It's an even greater determination. Something rises up in me that's, oh, no, you're not
2: going to, you're not
1: allowed to lay there. And I think the people in less advantaged situations have to learn that. They have to learn that and they have to learn it young. So those pathways that everyone talks about in your brain, Mm -hmm. they're being forged when you're young. You can still learn that at any time in life. You just have to have that ability to act when you want to lay there and do nothing and give up. So we talk
0: a lot about in business, some of the trials, that you put, some of the obstacles and things like that. Can you think of an obstacle, something in your youth or you personally, not necessarily business-wise, that you had to overcome or a challenge that you had? Maybe it was an enemy, you made a friend. I don't know. What, you know. what was it that just something in your past that you'd like to share that you had to overcome on a personal level?
1: That's a good
2: question.
0: Making you think back Um, to the days.
1: So I had many things that I had to overcome. And we've talked about a few of them, just not having as much at my fingertips maybe as other people. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, and like I said, this is also something that's benefited me in my life, but it was something very difficult. And I haven't really, I've written about it, but I haven't really talked about it till now, I guess it just came to mind. So I'm going to talk about it. But when I, so my parents were divorced. My mom was a single mom. That's part of the reason we were struggling so much. My dad was absent in my life. And until I was a teen and we found out that he was terminally ill. And so we went to, so one thing I had to deal with was just not having the father figure in the home. And I always wanted to, like, when I got older, find him or whatever and have that relationship with him. And we found out that he was terminally ill. He was dying. And so we went to the... It was a little bit hard because he also wasn't married. And so the next of kin were his kids. And so all of us were really young. My oldest sister was 21. And then I was 16 at that time. And I... I don't know if this is even going to answer your question, but so anyways, I learned at that young age how to value life because my hope was when I got older, I would have a chance to establish a relationship with this father that wasn't really present for years and years of my life. And then now he was dying and I wasn't going to get that opportunity. And so I went to over the summer where he lived he ended up living like six hours from where we lived and i spent some of my summer with him in his literally his last days and me and my oldest sister had to put him in hospice and things like that and that was devastating to me not just a disappointment or a discouragement i feel like that was super devastating to me and, but it, but my dad, who didn't really wasn't there to mentor me and teach me, taught me one of the most powerful lessons I've ever been taught. And it was the sad way to learn it. <laughs> but I watched this man that's my father, I sat with him every day, and he was super emotional and he was in a lot of pain because of his disease. But his greatest pain was his regret. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he just regretted so many things in his life, including neglecting the very people that were the only ones caring for him at the end of his life. His own mom didn't come to help him. My grandma, it was me and my siblings. And I remember sitting there watching this unfold and not I'm feeling helpless because I wanted to comfort him. But the things that I, I couldn't comfort him about because the decisions that he made were the decisions he made. And now he wasn't going to have time to make up for those. And so it it taught me to do whatever you have to do in your life to repair your relationships, to move forward with things that seem impossible, because you don't want to be like my dad. You don't want to be laying on your literal deathbed full of, of regret. Like I said, he was in pain physically, but I would say his greatest pain was that, and so that was something that, ooh, it was heavy and hard to, to overcome, but also the very reason that I jump when other people hesitate.
0: Do you, do you carry on those principles, that training and mentor your employees? Do you feel like that affects how you treat your employees as well? Because not only... Do you want to see them fulfill their potential, but also because you have that, can't think of the word, but life is important and that journey is important. And so I imagine that a lot of the way you treat other people, including employees and customers, has been because of some of those past things. So how do you treat your employees? How do you get your employees to work well and perform well and teach them some of these principles that you've learned over the years?
1: You know what? I have started asking them in the interview process, what is one way you want to grow as an individual, like in your personal life? And what's one way you want to grow professionally? And then I share with them, I want people to work here to so that they can grow themselves. And if you ever, and I say this all the time to my current employees, if you ever get to a point where you need to move somewhere else, I would be so sad. At the same time, I want you, once you're done and you feel like you're not growing and you're not looking forward to coming here every day, it's time for a change in your life. And as much as I value them and love them, I value them them growing and succeeding in their desires more than I I guess I, I value them helping me move forward in my business. I feel like as long as they're growing It's like a win. They will help me move forward in my business. But if they stop growing with me, then really, I just have to need to let them go and let them grow in a different way. And then maybe the next person will bring something different that will help our business grow. And I feel I'm just super fortunate. I get emotional because I have have one employee, especially that I interviewed her in the framing of my business. Like it wasn't even built out. And she's been with me this whole time and shared all of her talents and all of her knowledge and really helped, really helped me grow and helped the business grow. And I think that when people, when employees sense that you genuinely do care about them and their success and their goals and how they want to grow and you support that by giving them things, I've given them things that make them uncomfortable because they told me, Hey, I want to grow in this area. And maybe I wouldn't have ever thought of that for them because maybe that's not a strength right now, but I'm like, okay, great. Here you go. Do this. And so that they can use that opportunity to grow. And who doesn't want to experience that? Who doesn't want a front row seat to watching other people get excited and grow in ways that they, in skills that they didn't have before? Who, who wouldn't enjoy that? I I love that. I feel like it's just like a natural byproduct of me not having all the answers. And and I used to worry about that, Rob, because I'm not an experienced business owner. I'm not an experienced, I don't have, like I said, all the educate, I don't have an MBA and all of those things and a lot of business experience. So I I used to worry that they weren't going to respect me. Instead, I feel like the business has grown in the ways it has because they're willing to jump in and help grow it however it can. And so where I lack, they jump in, that makes sense. It makes you more of a team.
2: Absolutely.
0: I think that, I don't remember who had said it, but they had talked about something like, we don't hire people, smart people to tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do yeah. to grow the business. And so I think in my business as well, I try to really, and, and in my life, in my past roles as managers and manager and things, I've also tried to make sure that I really empower the people on my team to be able to do the work that they want. And again, yeah, push them, make them grow in places that maybe they were a little uncomfortable. But as long as people are growing and those, what's interesting is talking about what you'd said earlier, those, they the guy on the ground that needs to stand up. Those challenges are what makes life interesting and worth living. And so we're always looking for opportunities to grow, to develop, put ourselves in situations that make us uncomfortable. And I think if we don't, we become very depressed and anxious and just because you're not growing, you're not developing. I, I know yeah. like golf, for example, if you got a hole in one every time or bowling, you knocked a pin down every time and everyone could do it, it wouldn't, it'd be a stupid sport because <laughs> challenge that makes it exciting.
1: Yeah, and it's just like the guy on the ground. If he never gets up and never finishes, he won't ever know if he could have. It's it's almost, and it gives you a lot of confidence, and it really stifles your confidence when you just lay there.
0: So what are your plans? What is the, What are the things that you're going to challenge yourself with here over the next few years?
1: Oh, my goodness. I feel so, I feel very challenged right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I maybe have a little less challenge just kidding I I love it but it's I'm not a crier I almost cried just a few minutes ago on this podcast but I'm not a crier and I think I've cried almost every day since I opened my business that's how hard it's been and how challenging it's been but I I, I always tell people this too so I'm a single person I have five kids I didn't mention that in the beginning but I'm like it's hard to relate to people as a single person my age because they start talking, they're like, I'm in my 40s. So they're like winding down, right? I'm just getting started. And so they're talking about retirement. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever retire. And they look at me like I'm insane um, because I don't think I ever will, Rob. I think maybe I won't necessarily be opening businesses or whatever, but I just see myself always looking for what you just talked about, always looking for a way to challenge myself, a way to develop myself in a new way. And and really the more of yourself or ourselves that we can develop, the more we can give. And like I talked about, I didn't have a lot of mentors. I have a few key ones and that's really what I would love to do. I would love to be able to help somebody else that doesn't feel like they have access to any mentors, but if I'm going to do that, then I better hurry up and make something of myself right? So I, okay. if the more we develop ourselves, the more we have to offer. And so I just think that my end game, there is no end game. I'm just going to keep moving forward, doing different things and challenging myself until mostly because of the lesson my father taught me. Like you just don't, it's precious. It's more precious than we realize. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to get to the end and wish we would have jumped instead of hesitated. So like you said, you learned that
0: life is important. Time can be limited. Maybe you're not going to work as much, but you'll continue to work because that's what entrepreneurs do. I think it's hard for someone like you, someone like me to not work. I remember I was talking to someone about a business or I can't remember what it was, but he was just saying, hey, I stopped dreaming years ago, I stopped trying to, and I just thought, ah, that's really sad. Like I will never stop dreaming. I will never stop trying to grow. I'll never stop trying to do something more and become better or build whatever it is that I'm trying to build. What would you tell people listening right now, those entrepreneurs out there who are struggling in their business, what advice would you give them
1: right now? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would say to someone starting out <laughs> to recognize, just accept that success requires sacrifice. It's something I think every entrepreneur has to be reminded of. I think I learned that early on, but I think I need the reminder frequently that this is the price that has to be paid. And it's not pretty most of the time. Like I said, I'm not even a crier, and I've cried mostly over my inadequacies over the past year. Most of the tears have been because I know if I can develop my if I was already developed, I would be killing it. So that's what makes me cry is I want that so badly. And it's just like exercise. It doesn't come in one day and one trip to the gym. My development's going to take me time and I'm going to fall short in my inadequacies while I'm on my way. I'm on my way. But while I'm on my way, I'm going to fall short. And I think that is something that would have been if someone told me that. It might have stung a little bit. So maybe some people listening, that stings when I'm like, you just got to pay the price. (laughs) Because I think that we, I think human nature is to shrink when the price is really high. As you listen to a lot of books and things, you'll also learn that the price not to is higher. Yeah, and like for me, I cannot fail because I'm in wanting to show my children mode that you don't have to have the knowledge. You don't have to have the, all the time resources. You don't have to have the money um, to do. I didn't know anything about IV therapy, right? I have nurses that do that, right? I, I hire people that know w- more about the medical field than I do. And I need to show my children that this is possible. And the way to show them is to live it and to do it myself. And I think the price of me failing and not succeeding after moving forward and after my kids have seen some people be critical of this choice of mine to move forward would, is higher. That price is higher. And that's one reason. There's many reasons and many costs of not doing what I'm doing that are higher than the price I have to pay. But sometimes when you're experiencing it, like I am literally this week, as I'm talking to you, the pain is a lot. And that's another thing I'm reminding myself of. And I would remind a young entrepreneur, pain is part of transformation. You cannot have transformation without pain. If you're not experiencing pain, you're not transforming. And so it doesn't feel good. And so gear up for that. <laughs> Get yourself ready. And learn to condition yourself on how to react and how to get back up when that happens.
0: I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your, where is your business? What's the name of your business? How can people find out more about your business?
1: Okay, yeah. So we are in, in Sandy, in East Sandy. If you know where, if you live in Utah and you know where there's like a McDonald's, it's Highland Drive in 9400 South. There's an awesome restaurant just a couple doors down from me called Local Bistro that a lot of people know. So I'm just in that commercial strip that can come to us. We talked a little bit earlier about our progress being stifled and what that does to people. And I think one of the the things that's not talked about in wellness is that very thing is like part of wellness is growing and developing and you don't feel well when you're not doing that. And part of your fuel in order to execute that is making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And IV therapy, giving yourself nutrients through an IV is the most effective way to do that. And while you're there, you get to sit in a full body massage chair and you can tune out for 30 to 45 minutes. And that's something I, very few people do. You can get off your phone and you can have a massage and a full body massage chair and tune out. And I think that we don't really talk about that, but that is an important part of wellness as well is shutting down. And letting yourself relax, which is very hard for entrepreneurs, by the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very hard. but when they do it, it's helpful. And we can't, we talked about sacrifice, we can't sacrifice and give the energy that we need to give to our dreams and our goals and our quality of life if we don't feel good. And so that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about what I do. Is Like I said, and I believe everyone deserves to feel good. So you can stop by anyone that's listening to this podcast. I will offer a free primary ID if they mention it when they come in, which means they could come in for free. I offered this to Rob, by the way, he's going to come in. They can come in for free and get a full body massage in the massage chair and a a drip with the credit. So they have to mention this podcast, though, to get that. So, yeah. I love it. What's the website? So my website is primeivsandy.com.
0: Primeivsandy.com.
1: Yes, primeivsandy.com. All so right. you can book an appointment there. You can mention it in the notes to the, the podcast if you want to come in and visit me and visit the location and we'll be feeling fantastic
0: okay i will be putting i'll put a link to your website in the podcast notes so people listening or find the podcast they should be able to find that click on it and come visit which would be awesome and but i think it's been really great talking about some of the challenges that it takes to become an entrepreneur but how important it is to overcome those challenges and that there is pain involved but the rewards are there and it's just going to take some time but if you surround yourself with good people good mentors Read some books that are going to help you learn and grow and fill in some of those gaps that we all have inadequacies, but there are people out there who have been what we've been through and have been able to achieve the entrepreneurial dream, the American dream. Take the time to read, listen, learn, find people who can mentor you, coach you, and live life to the fullest because you don't want to be on your deathbed and regret that you didn't do everything you possibly could to make this the life that you wanted. And of course, also remember to take care of those family relationships and be good to the people around you. So great information. That wraps it up.
1: Stay tuned. I'm on my way. Like I said, I'm on my way. I'm not there yet, but so stay tuned, right? Yep,
0: exactly. Maybe next time we'll uh, have to have you on again in a few months and see if things have settled down and how they're growing, but I just have a feeling. By then, you'll have to set up some other challenge for yourself, like setting up another office or something. I don't know. Knowing you, so
1: yeah, I'm crazy like that.
0: Yeah, I I, <laughs> I think most entrepreneurs are, but that's what makes us the one percent. So yeah, <laughs> um, but I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about these things, and hopefully, everything turns out well and it sounds good and looks good and well so. because
1: if you keep going, mm-hmm. if you keep going and you finish. That's what matters. Yep. In, in, in a race, it's different, but in life, you don't have to, you don't have to win. You just have to finish. And yep. so that's what I've been telling myself lately. After I said, I've been obsessed with these videos on YouTube, probably mm-hmm. because of what I'm going through mm-hmm. that, you know what, it doesn't matter. It's just finishing that matters. And so I will finish. It might take me longer. I might fall a few more times and lay there for a little bit longer. But I'm going to finish, Rob. So I'm on my way um, there. I'm just not there quite yet.
0: Ah, you're getting there. I think you're probably making great progress. Yeah. So thank you for your time.
1: I appreciate you, Rob, too. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Good to have you.